Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Three o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show live today from the Auction Community Studio. Lots of new faces for the Phoenix Suns. Some of them we'll see this week. Some of them we'll have to wait on a little bit. One of them we won't have to wait on at all. We, From what we understand, he is active for tomorrow's game against the Sacramento Kings. And joining us right now on the Burns and Gambo show, coming off the court, the new member of the Phoenix Suns. One of them, Darius Baisley, joining us on Burns and Gambo. Darius, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm good. How are you? Good. Darius, tell us, you were the longest tenured player on the Oklahoma City Thunder. What was it like when you found out you got traded to the Phoenix Suns? Um, it was a bittersweet moment. Um, leaving my teammates behind and people I've made, like family with in OKC, um, that was a better part, but it was sweet knowing the experience and opportunity I get coming here. Yeah, I've got to think about that. I mean, you know, they, they like the ability, your defensive ability. You can guard a bunch of different positions. What is it when you spoke with Monty, James Jones, what is it that they told you they wanted to see out of you to help this team win some basketball games? Um, the past few couple of days, it's just been um, me trying to get settled in, doing a lot of medical stuff, and I've met a few new faces, but I haven't really had a chance to sit down with either or and really have those kind of conversations yet. Do you expect that you're going to at some point to kind of get a clear idea, or or you're just going to roll with it when they tell you to go out there and roll with it? Um, uh, I don't really know what to expect to <laughs> new team. Is it kind of an overwhelming, can it be a little bit of an overwhelming moment right now, given you know how new it is for you, how much time you'd spent in Oklahoma City? Is, your, is, is it safe to say your head's spinning a little bit right now, Darius? No. No? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. What's, um, obviously, some familiarity with Chris Paul. What's it, what's it going to be like to play with him for you? Uh, it's going to be good to get back with a guy like that, a great leader on the court. Um, somebody to learn from. Uh, it'll be good playing with him again. Just playing with him. Yeah, you had a. I mean, you you were a full time starter for you know twenty twenty one hundred and eighteen starts. You know, in in two hundred and twenty one games over the course of your four years with the Thunder. So I'd imagine, you know, your ability to play a lot of minutes, a little minutes, multiple positions, guard a bunch of different positions. I'm sure you. That has a chance to win an NBA championships, and again, your versatility could be a key for them. Yeah, I'm super excited. Let's talk about a little bit um, this new team that you're joining, um, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. The expectations that come with that. How different is that for you coming to a team that's got expectations? When the expectations for Oklahoma City the last couple of years, frankly, haven't been quite the same. How different does that make it for you? Um, I don't think the expectations are different. Um, and not to, yeah, I, I don't think the expectations are different at all. Um, I think regardless of I was on OKC or with the Suns or I was with the Harlem Globetrotters, I mean, 
I'm sure, you know, the, the teams are going to want, you know, a guy to come in and, and do what it takes to help win. Um, obviously, playing for something a little bit more here um, on a bigger stage, but um, I think the mindset is still the same, just to be able to come in, like I said, help the team win. With Mikhail Bridges being traded, you know, the Suns could use some help defensively. And, and you look at your size at 6'8", and, and you were their most versatile defender, which you've talked about, guarding every position. Do you feel like that's where you could make your mark? Do you feel like you could come in here and shut down and, and guard any opponent in a playoff game? Yes. Yeah. Well, Darius, we appreciate your time today. Congratulations on the trade, and uh, thanks for the conversation. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, Darius Baisley joining us from the Phoenix Suns. Next up for the Suns, tomorrow night they take on the Sacramento Kings, and then they've got the L.A. Clippers coming up on Thursday. Baisley is active. T.J. Warren is active. These new faces for the Phoenix. Now, we haven't heard about when Terrace Ross is going to be available. We know that Kevin Durant, Gambo, isn't going to be available until after the All-Star break. Uh, there's two games left before the All-Star break, and then after that, the Suns don't play for another week. So presumably, and you did the math, we're down to once you get through the All-Star break, there will be 22 games left for the Phoenix Suns, 22 games for them to do the best they can with trying to figure out kind of a cohesive, what's it going to look like, who's going to play, who's going to not before the playoffs starts. Not a lot of time for them. No, no, not a lot of time at all, but I think it's enough time. I mean, this team, you know, again, we've talked about Kevin Durant's ability to fit into this offense seamlessly. I mean, what the Suns do is they run a lot of sets to to, to get guys open mid-range shots. Well, that's what Kevin Durant excels so I don't think there's going to be a big curve on how do you fit Kevin Durant in this offense. Kevin Durant's going to fit in this offense because he's very adaptable wherever he plays. And what he excels in is, is how the Suns play. And then again, you've got maybe the smartest point guard to ever play the game yeah. running the offense. He'll figure out how to, how to get Kevin Durant involved in a game. I don't think that's a concern. You had sent over a story from The Athletic, and I don't think this is going to change much, even with the buyout market. Um, it's power ranking. We kind of have mixed feelings about power rankings, but kind of curious to see where they put the Suns in it after the trade deadline with all the massive changes in bringing Kevin Durant. They've got the Suns third in the NBA. They've got them behind number one Milwaukee Mm. and number two Boston. They don't have anybody from the West in front of them. No. But they still have them as number three when it's all said and done, which, you know, just at first glance, fine. Let Boston and Milwaukee beat the hell out of each other in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals if the Suns can be waiting for him in the NBA Finals. Sure, yeah, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I looked at the obviously the you know the McHale and uh, um, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. You know, McHale and Cam, and but I think Jay Crowder just when's Jay going to play? There was an, an interesting article on one of the most challenging pursuits of a player ever: how the Bucks acquired Jay Crowder, and just since the moment he didn't want to play for them, Milwaukee's had their eye on. Him and they wanted to make sure they got him and they need him. And you know, multiple Bucks players brought up his toughness, you know, when they played against them in the finals. 
So he may not, they say he may not make his debut until next week, which will be this week. Um, but so I do think that he's probably not that far away. They'll probably do a ramp up with him too, and in a short amount of time, you'll see Jay Crowder playing for the Bucks. Yeah, it is. It is weird with the trade deadline, and it's like this every single year with the trade deadline so close to the All Star break, right? Like you, you, Dallas, for example, they what over the weekend got their first look at Kyrie and Luca yeah. on the floor at the same time. They were both dynamic. They lost, but they were both dynamic. So it's it's you don't. And for the Suns, it's going to be a a really. Not awkward, just we're going to be waiting for the payoff. The payoff of Kevin Durant playing in a Suns uniform, it's strange to think that that still might be two weeks away. Their first game after the All-Star break is next Friday. So, I mean, you're, you're literally talking about nearly 13 days, 12 days before you could even potentially see Kevin Durant in a Suns. You know, we'll hear from him at his press conference, we think, Thursday. I saw pictures of him today from their practice facility getting shots in with the team. But that we might still have to wait for two weeks before we get to see Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform. That's That seems a little, like it's awkward, right? Like, I'm ready for it. I, I was just so, so blown away. You know, and talking to my my group in New York, who's you know, they're like good riddance. You could have the guy. I'm like, you guys, cra-. like we got good players and draft picks back. It's better for the. Ne-. I'm like, man, this is like it because it just didn't work in New York. Like it didn't work. Him and Kyrie didn't play together. The him him Kyrie and James Harden didn't work. So, you know, we're looking at it here so differently than they're looking at it there because it, you know, as good as Durant was, it, it, it did fail. Like putting that super team together was an utter failure for them, and they had to bail on within a year. They bailed on all three guys. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, is there anything left at all that he needs to prove in the National Football League? We'll talk about that after Super Bowl 57 next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. He grew, he grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats, and he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do, and that's the way he goes about his business, and he does it humbly. You know, I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so uh, we appreciate we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. It was obviously Andy Reid after yeah. Kansas City's Super Bowl championship yesterday. Their second in four years. Easy to root for Patrick Mahomes. Very. Just an easy guy to root for. Um, he does seem very humble. And it's... You know, like Travis, Travis Kelsey was very annoying. I'm getting like a, a couple of playoff games of Travis Kelsey with the Beastie Boys and fight for your right to party. And nobody bricked us to win. And we were all the underdogs. Oh, come on, stop it. That was the part. Okay, like stop if, he wants, it. if he wants to quote Beastie Boys or if he wants to quote The Rock and call somebody uh, the, the mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni. Okay, that's fine. Oh, uh, he's so annoying. But he the, became very annoying. But the whole nobody picked us to win. The, the, right. Yeah. The guy a lot I'm of people picked you to win. Picked you to win. Right? I picked Kansas City to win. A whole bunch of people. 
expect you guys to win. Nobody did not pick you to win the Super Bowl. Stop it. Stop it, Travis. Now he's just having fun with it and everything. Mahomes, five-season start to his career, considered the best in NFL history. Better than, you know, Tom Brady, John Elway, Peyton Manning. Better than everybody. Super Bowls, Mahomes had two. Brady had three. MVPs, Mahomes had two. Brady had none. Pro Bowls, Mahomes had five. Brady had three. First-team All-Pro, Mahomes had two. Brady had none. Passing touchdowns, Mahomes had him 192 to 123. He's got him beat by 5,000 yards, and he's got five more wins than Brady through the first five years of their career. So if you look at that, and, and the Athletic put that out there, and I enjoyed that piece, does Patrick Mahomes have, Mahomes have the best five-season start to a Korean NFL history? You're damn right he does. Yeah, You're he damn does. right he does. There's he does. nobody that has had a better five-year start than him. And, yeah, Brady might have him in the total number of Super Bowls, but the fact that he's got, you know, 70 more passing touchdowns, the fact that he's got 5,000 more passing yards than Tom Brady did in the first five seasons obviously paints a picture, A, of how the game has kind of changed over the last 25 years, but B, just how much more they're asking Patrick Mahomes to do. He is, we're, we're running out of things to say about the guy, right? I mean, like, at, the, at this point, he's he retires right now. He's a Hall of Famer right now. Somebody made the argument. I heard this on, I I heard this on Bickley and Murata. Somebody made the argument that he's second to Brady right now. And, and I, I don't buy that. I don't, I, I, second to Brady, like, on the all-time. All-time list. He's the second best quarterback of all time. I almost positive that was on Bick, the Bickley Murata was talking about that. Now, I, I still don't think he's ahead of Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, because longevity does matter for something. Like the longevity of those guys, you know, Brog, Elway was on some teams that he carried to the Super Bowl by himself because they weren't very good and they got clobbered. But then eventually when they got a running game, he won the back-to-back Super Bowls and then retired. He could have came back and won another one. I mean, Peyton Manning obviously winning two Super Bowls with two different teams. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the Montana. So I would say... Like, I think Mahomes is going to end up as one of the top five quarterbacks of all time, and he may very well end up second to Brady. He may well end up there, but I don't think that I could sit there and say that he's better than Peyton or that he's better than Elway or he's better than Montat right now. I don't think I could say no, that. No, I mean, because longevity does matter. I'm, I'm just thinking about the argument in the sense that if, if, you, if you tell me I can have all of these quarterbacks in their prime for one must-win game, who would I want the most? Besides Tom Brady. Who, who would I... Um, in one game, I gotta win it. I can pick any guy in their prime. Who would I take? For one game. For one game. Who would I take? I would, if it's not Tom Brady, I would probably take Peyton Manning. Probably. But how many running quarterbacks were there in the era, you know, the previous era? Now it's a lot like Brady didn't run. Peyton Manning didn't run. No. I mean, Steve Young, Elway did a little bit. Elway did a little bit. I mean, Eli Manning didn't run. Like a lot of the guys that we grew up with, they didn't run at all. Steve Young is the one I think of the most. Joe Montana didn't really run. As kind of like a true dual threat quarterback back in the day. I mean, Steve Young had some wheels when he wanted them and he could use them. No, but we think think of running, we think of, okay, Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham. We don't think of a lot of quarterbacks. Steve Young. But the era is different, right? The game is different the way they play it right now. 
I mean, these two guys, I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes is so talented running the football. Maybe he, maybe some people say, okay, that element to the game that a lot of those other guys didn't have, I'll take Mahomes over those guys because of that. Yeah. Because on third and eight, he could run for a first down where some of those other guys couldn't. So I could understand the argument, but I think to me, it's, and the game has changed. The quarterback play is different, but I do think the longevity is something that matters. And Mahomes has only been in the league for a short amount of time. As great as it's been, I couldn't put him ahead of Peyton. I couldn't put him ahead of Elway, Montana, those guys right now. Not to stat anybody to death, but I think my favorite one that I saw about Patrick Mahomes. In 2022, Patrick Mahomes won the regular season MVP. He won the Super Bowl MVP. He led the National Football League in passing touchdowns. He led the NFL in passing yards. Only three players have done in a whole career what Mahomes did in one season. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Kurt Warner did all of that stuff in their career at one point. Patrick Mahomes did it all in one season. I mean, it's incredible. Now, there's a couple other offshoots to me that are just as incredible about this when it comes to Peyton Manning or when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. First and foremost, they're paying Patrick Mahomes a lot of money. And winning. And winning still. Like, they're, they're so good at what they do at Kansas City. That they're able to pay Patrick Mahomes forty million dollars a year, whatever the exact number is. But what did they do? Is. They got off a of Tyree Kill. They got off a of Tyree Kill. What, what, look, look at yesterday. Sky Moore touchdown catch. Right. Isaiah Pacheco. He was so good, especially in the second half. Look at the game against the Bengals. Every single rookie from their draft class contributed. They are so good at what they do that they can even survive paying Patrick Mahomes forty million dollars a year and still build a roster around him that's good enough to compete for a championship. That has become very hard in today's NFL. NFL. Like you start paying the quarterback and you have to start making these choices who gets the money and who doesn't. Yeah. They're so good at what they do in Kansas City. They're still a winning champion. Instead of paying four years and $120 million to Tyreek Hill, they went out there and they got they got Juju and they got Marquez Valding uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and they paid those guys peanuts. I mean Juju Signed a one-year deal for $3.76 million. That's what they got Juju Smith-Schuster. One year, 3.76. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I mean, he got, I don't even, I don't think he got very much either. So, you know, they were smart. They, they, they didn't like sacrifice the offensive line or they didn't sacrifice the defensive line to pay a wide receiver four years, $120 million. Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling got a three-year deal for like 10 million a year. Like, that's what he made. He made $8 million. So they paid Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster about $11 million this year. Tyreek Kill signed a four-year contract for one twenty. See, that's where you got to make the decision. You got to realize that you, your quarterback's so good. You know, you, now you need Travis Kelsey. You got to keep him. But he can make those other guys work. Yes. You got to have a good offensive line. Yep. So you can't sacrifice the offensive line because you got, hey, we got Tyreek Hill, but we let go of our starting left tackle and our starting right guard. Can't do that. Yeah, and that's the other point I was going to make about Mahomes is that it's the trifecta of him and Andy Reid and their general manager, Brett Veach. They, that is the perfect, like we talk about what we want from the Cardinals, right? Quarterback, coach, front office, ownership, all working in perfect tandem with each other. I mean, obviously, duh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the perfect model for that. Per, as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there, they will be a favorite to win the Super Bowl 
every single year. That's how good they are at what they do, both of them. Every single year, they'll be a favorite. Yeah, he'll win, and he'll win more than like he's not done winning Super oh, Bowls. Oh no, no, he's not done winning Super Bowls at all. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty? Right now, the Twins made their debut in their new threads over the weekend. They also spoke on being traded for Kevin Durant. Hell, they would have done it too. That's next. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Maybe the most important part of the basketball weekend. Suns played on Friday. They beat the Indiana Pacers. We haven't really talked about that game much. No real reason to. It was a while ago, and an awful lot's happened since then. Right. Uh, but maybe the biggest story, Suns related over the weekend, beyond them getting Terrence Ross, uh, in, in instead of him going to the Dallas Mavericks, was the debut of Mikkel Bridges and Cam Johnson with Brooklyn Nets. And before I get into specifically how they did, I do got to bring this up, because I know you mentioned this last week. For Mikel Bridges, he was worried that Thursday's game against the Bulls would be the first game ever that he would have missed as a pro. Did not count. It did not count. Mm-hmm. It was not counted as a missed game because he had not yet reported to the Nets. That's right. Cam Johnson quote: He was shaken. He was like, "I got to get out there. I got to get out there." I'm like, "Calm down, man. Calm down. Breathe." So I think that was a little hard for him. Close yes. quote. His streak is Iron Man streak. It's alive. It's alive, baby. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, they play. Played against the Sixers. They lost uh, that game uh, and beat in the Sixers beat hard. Mikael Bridges had 23 points his first game with the Nets. He did miss a layup that would have given the Nets the lead with about two seconds left. Come on, Mikael. Then Harden made two free throws, and then Dinwiddie tried a three at the buzzer, and it, it didn't go in. But the Nets started Bridges and Cam Johnson, along with Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. Four of the players they just acquired from Phoenix and Dallas, they started in that game. Game. Uh, but Mikael Bridges, 8 of 18 from the field, 3 out of 5 from 3-point range. He had 23 points. He had 6 rebounds. He had an assist. He had 2 steals. And then Cam played 28 minutes, Bernsey, 4 out of 13 from the field, 2 out of 8 from 3-point range. He had 12 points and 7 rebounds. Yeah, they both played well. you know. And I, and I think it's safe to say for a lot of Suns fans, especially those who are missing Mikael, missing Cam Johnson, that you will now watch the Brooklyn Nets game in a way that maybe you didn't before. Maybe you'll go so far as to even say that the Brooklyn Nets are your favorite basketball team if it's not the Phoenix Suns. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that the Nets might now. Like, you know how you used to have those conversations when you were a kid? Okay, who's your favorite team? Who's your second favorite team? Who's your third favorite team? If you need a second or third favorite team, I would submit to you the Brooklyn Nets are as good as anybody else. We had different conversations. What team do you hate the most? (laughs) Who do you hate the second most? Who do you hate the third most? Oh, I can play that game. Who's too, your top you five teams that you hate more than anything in life? Yeah, we, we went always we went the other way. Dallas hate. Cowboys one. You hate the Cowboys. L.A. Dodgers two. L.A. Lakers three. Notre Dame four. Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm not big Notre Dame. They got wrong. What's what's with the Irish? What's it, it, it's funny. Two of my Catholics. Two of my Irish. Two of my best friends in the world are, wow. are Notre Dame alum. I feel bad. They're both probably listening right now, and they're probably not best friends. Oh, speaking with them of anymore. alum. You got to make out the final call of that NAU game over the weekend. Oh, my goodness. What the hell are you talking about? The NAU basketball game over the weekend? Did you not see what happened? Nope. Mitch, did you see that? 
You come out of left field Any, like this, you one can't be possession regardless of the outcome. No good. Quick rebound. No timeouts for NAU. They've got to hustle. Up court. Lloyd. Three shot. It's big. The Lumberjacks win it. I can't believe it. Oh, my goodness. NAU wins the game on a three-point shot right at the buzzer. I, I recognize the voice. That's Mitch Stroman. I guess there was a follow-up to that. I haven't heard this one yet. Listen, Sorry. Yeah, tenths of a second. He can run it. it. He runs the baseline to the left. Here's the baseball pass high up into the air. It's caught. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> I got to show Bernsey this. Wow. <laughs> so NAU, like, they had won the game. They had won the game. It was like no time left on the clock, like barely any. It looked like they had won the game against Portland State. And then they like throw the ball like the length of the court. Let's keep watching. Baseball style, football style. Throws it the length of the court. Some guy like just one handed catch it in in the same motion, put it back in the basket. Mitch, was that the same game, those two highlights? I'm not sure. They were in here from over the weekend, so I'm sure, you know, Vince Murata being as intrepid as he is. <laughs> it's probably There was .4 seconds left, and Portland State throws the ball the length of the court. Some guy just kind of catches it and just throws it up towards the basket. It goes in, and the lumber jokes go down to defeat. I didn't see that. No, not at all. I'm shocked. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> Why? I, you just showed it to me. Why do you need to send it to me? Just to rub it in. Nope. <laughs> do you think I, I mean, I mean, honestly, do you really, do you actually think I care? Well, you said alumni. It just sparked a memory right there. Yeah. You're an alumni of NAU. Okay, yeah, no, that's, yeah. you can send it to me. I'll probably just move it right to trash, but oh, okay, I mean, knock yourself out if you want to. Uh, Mikel Bridges over the weekend. Hey, man, it's KD. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's KD. I get it. Like, I 100% get it. That's just how it is. Like, I'd rather say I'd rather be happy I got traded for Katie than probably, like, somebody else who I didn't think would be, you know, good or something like that. So just just being a realist at the end of the day. Um, obviously, I miss everybody there, miss my home, miss all my friends that's back there. But just, I mean, I get it. Like, I, like you're getting Kevin Durant, bro. Like, maybe I'll probably make that trade, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss him. I'm oh. really going to miss that guy. He's coming back. Book set at 2026, baby. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, I saw Mikhail those comments Bridges over the free weekend, too. Yeah. And Book had it absolutely right. He knew exactly what summer Mikel yeah. Bridges was going to be a free agent again. Yeah. Knew maybe exactly they could, when. Maybe they could trade for him after Chris Paul's gone. And uh, he, He's 26 years old right now. I mean, you know, his contract ends. I think he'll be 29 years old. Book already hinted at, hey, in 2026, yeah, we'll be able to, like, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get him back. Yeah, it, I mean, look, it, look, it seems like tampering or not, but uh, for him to say that, yeah. uh, Probably a little, but I, I imagine they'll look past something like that. Cam Johnson was asked the same question. Were you surprised to be traded for KD? You know, looking back at it, new ownership, you know, a lot of excitement. So I think that kind of puts some fuel to the fire of making a move like that. So I, I, I wouldn't say I was, um, you know, too shocked by it. I wouldn't say I was too shocked by it. Um, you know, any anything's fair game. Come come to this trade deadline with a rumor like that swirling with Kyrie, you know, departing. You just you have a feeling that maybe something something's kicking up. So, you know, I took the news and at first it was like whoa, but then quickly it was you know back to normal and understanding that we have work to do that we need to get out here and get acclimated with the guys, the team, the area, um, and then just a lot of excitement for this opportunity. It's a great opportunity, hundred percent. Hard to say goodbye to those guys because of the type of people they are. Mm-hmm. 
the type of people, not just the players they were. It's just hard to say goodbye because they were such good people. Um, you know, always willing to you know do an interview with us. We were Cam Johnson's first interview. He always remembers that. Um, so when he got traded and, and Mikhail got traded, the Twins. I mean, it was it was difficult because it was two players that you came to adore in some way. It's a good word. They came I, to I adore wouldn't disagree those guys. with that. Yeah, and they, you know they were, and you just really thought that they could be a part of that. You know, I kept looking at that window too. Mikhail, Cam, Da, Book. What could they add to it? And instead, they decided to take away from window two to kind of make window one as great as it could be. And everybody understands it. You got you're going for it. You got Kevin Durant. Um, you know, your chances of winning the championship are really high right now because not because you got Kevin Durant. Those yeah. two guys had to go in the deal. And you absolutely have to take that opportunity when it's presented to you. Innings Festival is back. Two day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February. 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Could the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals be somebody who just coached in the Super Bowl? We'll find out more about that candidate next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, we know Jonathan Gannon, according to reports, just decided to hang around after the Eagles got on the plane. I, I don't know if the same thing can be said for our next guest who's joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We've actually had him on the show before, and we actually had the pleasure of meeting Elliot face-to-face a week ago when we were at Media Row in uh, downtown Phoenix. Elliot Shore Parks, he is the Eagles beat reporter from 94 WIP. He joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show to talk a little Eagles and the coaching situation with the Cardinals. Elliot? Welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Are you home? Did you fly back, or are you still in Arizona? So I made the worst mistake I've ever made, which is I booked a red-eye the day after the game. So I have about eight more hours to kill, so I get on the flight. So uh, we don't have to talk Gannon for eight hours, but but I have a little bit of time. <laughs> so you fly from Phoenix tonight at midnight? Correct, yeah. My flight takes off at around 11.50. Yeah, see, I don't, so. know, I don't know why you think that's a bad mistake. The, the airport was freaking mobbed today. You didn't want to be in that mess at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, the issue is I had to check out of my, my hotel at 10, so I basically had nowhere to be for the last, you know, <laughs> been bouncing around downtown Phoenix, which is very nice, but it's a lot of time to kill. I got nowhere else to go. I'm just walking around <laughs> looking for something to do. Well, no wonder you were so available to talk Jonathan Gannon with us. You literally exactly. have nothing else to do right now. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so would have done it either way, but excited to do it. So your reaction when you saw the reporting from over the weekend uh, about Gannon and the Cardinals, was that something you were somewhat expecting from your perspective? You know, I was surprised by it because uh, Gannon on the field after one of the Eagles playoff games said he was going to be back. So to me, it seemed as if, uh, you know, he was here to stay. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that, you know, he's going to get a job. If you'd asked me a month ago, I thought there was a good chance. But I thought it was going to be Houston. So, so for that not to happen, and then for the Cardinals to, it seems, you know, be on the verge of hiring them or at least extremely interested in them, uh, it is it is very surprising to me. I, I did notice that a lot of the, the Eagles fans, that they, they've kind of had some issues with him. They like him, but I don't think they, they <laughs> yeah, love him yeah. because he gives up so much in the middle of the field. He doesn't give you the big play, but he'll he'll let you go up and down the field all day long. Because, and look, Mahomes tore him apart in the middle of the field. But from what I was yeah. seeing from the Eagles fans, they it's kind of a little bit of a love-hate relationship because of just you know how much he gives up to these teams on these, these shorter plays. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really call it a love-hate relationship. I think it's mostly a hate relationship. Oh, like man, fans, thanks. Fans, <laughs> fans are not a fan of Jonathan Gannon. Now, I think they're wrong for that. I, I think Gannon is a better defensive coordinator than he's given credit for. I think that the reality is, in today's NFL, you're really just not going to have a defense that shuts down defense, right? Especially against great quarterbacks. I mean, what Gannon's defense does well is, you know, and I can't speak to the when he's with the Cardinals because the Cardinals roster is pretty bad. But like, what what Gannon's defense is good at is they do not lose to bad quarterbacks. During his two years here, if they face any quarterback that's outside maybe the top eight or nine, they win that game and they mostly shut that game that that, that team down. Gannon's defense is really good at that. Where he runs into issues and what what fans get mad at him about is when they play elite quarterbacks, as as you know, we all saw last night. It doesn't go well. Now, my counter to that has always been no defense is shutting down Patrick Mahomes, right? So uh, from a defensive perspective, fans don't like him, but the, deep, the Eagles defense was really good this year when they faced pretty much anyone besides Patrick Mahomes. I think the biggest question I have about Gannon is schematics aside, because I, I do think there's a tendency here to get a little too you know hyper-analytical about schematics and things like that. I want to know about the guy. Is, is, he, yeah. is he a head coach in your mind? Does he have that kind of temperament, that kind of, you know, th- th- that ability to lead a room full of men? Is he that guy in your opinion, Elliot? Yeah, so I think your your point on that is right. That you, you shouldn't hire Jonathan Gannon for his defensive scheme, or really any coach for their defensive scheme. That's not a way to go about hiring them. So in my two years around Gannon, I would say my takeaway from him is the players love him, right? And while, uh, the whole time the fans have been ripping him, players swear up and down, on the record, off the record, that they really like him. They really like working for him. He listens to them. He adjusts things to what they like. I mean, Hassan Reddick, who you guys are familiar with, uh, they worked great together this year in finding a role for him to be an outstanding player this year. So I do think he he will be a guy that the players like. I also think that working in the Eagles organization will be really good for him and really help him be a head, better head coach. The Eagles are one of the best run organizations in the NFL. Their front office is very analytically thinking. He's seen how a good organization runs. So clearly the staff he hires will be key. But I do think Gannon will come into Arizona knowing what a good organization should look like. Do you think he had an impact on Hassan Reddick's year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question about that. You know, going into the year, a big question was how would Reddick be used? How much would he drop back? How much would he rush? And I believe, I mean, not including the playoff games, he dropped back into coverage a fewest amount of times in his career. So there's no question that uh, that Gannon had a big thing to do. had a big part with that. Now, the Eagles have an extremely talented defense, right? So that, that certainly helped out too. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely think Gannon played a role in the year that Reddick had. Was there anybody else that, that you know of over the last two years that, had, that, have, that has had an interest in hiring? or Because this name, again, like the, the, the Cardinals, they, could, they didn't reach out to him when the Eagles were on the bye. And part of that could be because they, that was when they were hiring Monty Austin for it. But they, you know, he wasn't on their original list. And now here it is, the Super Bowl's over. Now they're interviewing the guy. Yeah, I mean, Gannon did have interest last year uh, from, I believe it was the Texans, maybe the Vikings, and possibly, no, not the Colts. It was definitely the Texans and the Vikings last year. So he's been on the head coaching circuit. And again, I think Gannon is a good defense coordinator. I think he has potential as a head coach. If I were the Cardinals, I would not hire him because I think what they need right now is an offensive head coach. They need somebody that's going to come in and try to fix what's really kind of a disaster at quarterback right now, right? So with Gannon, I think you're going to get someone that knows how to run a team. I think you're going to get someone 
that'll create a good culture. I think you're going to get someone that knows what a good organization should run like. What you're not going to get is someone that can fix the main problem with the team. So his offensive coordinator hire is going to be crucial and pretty much decide whether he's successful there or not. So if I were to ask Elliot Shore Parks, Eagles beat reporter from 94 WIP, who's still here in Phoenix after yesterday's Eagles loss in the Super Bowl, of the two guys on the Eagles staff who are both be rumored to be in line to get jobs here with the Colts and the Cardinals, I would imagine you're a Shane Steichen guy over a Jonathan Gannon guy. Would that be fair to assume that? Yeah, because I, I just think offensive head coaches are the way to go if you don't have a quarterback. And right now the Cardinals pretty much not only don't have a quarterback, they have a disaster at quarterback in terms of an injured Kyler Murray on a bad contract. So if I'm Shane, if I'm the Cardinals, if I'm, just, if I'm hiring somebody, I need to get someone in there that I know can either fix Kyler or develop whoever is going to be the next quarterback. I just don't know if Gannon is that guy. I saw in Philadelphia what Steichen did for Hurts in the offense, how they developed him, how they worked the offense around him, how the offense improved once Steichen took over play calling. So, yeah, of those two, and again, I truly do like them both. Like, I, I think that you guys, when he gets to Arizona, will like Gannon. I think he's going to do good things for the franchise. He just doesn't check off a major box that I think Steichen does. <laughs> this is that. This is alarming, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, no, like, I listen, I'm glad you, I, I listen, I'm glad you're being honest and forthcoming here because like, this is going to be the third time in a row the Cardinals hire a coach with no experience. Like they, you know, yeah. three years in a row, three times in a row. Cliff Kingsbury, no head coaching experience at the NFL. Steve Wilkes, no head coaching experience in the NFL. And this is going to be the third time in a row. And you're basically telling us, don't hire this guy. He's not the right <laughs> guy, which is fascinating, and uh, I, I think at this point, I want Lou Adarumo, um, even though he's a defensive guy, just because of the experience level and the expertise. Let me ask you another thing. is Would Gannon be in any danger in fit? Like, like the, the coaching staff and Stike, do they, do, they, do, they, uh, do, do they love him, and do they want to keep him there? Sorry, so you're saying if, if he wasn't getting hired, would Gannon be fired, is basically what you're saying? Yes, that's yeah, what like, did they, yeah. Did they, yeah, did no, they no, like no, him? no, 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 no. Yeah, they, they would not be firing Gannon. I mean, again, Sirianni likes him? Oh, yeah, Sirianni. Again, I think Gannon might be one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL when you look at what he did this year. The issue is he has a ton of talent on the Eagles defense, so that's part of it. But the other issue is he's just he's not an offensive guy. So if he if if he doesn't get this Cardinals job, he'll be back in Philadelphia and I think the Eagles Eagles defense will be good again next year. It's just I don't think, you know, in my personal my personal opinion of being around him, I just I don't know if he's the right man for this Cardinals job. I think if he were to go somewhere with an established quarterback, he could be a really good head coach because I think he does, again, he knows what a good franchise looks like. I think he has a good personality. I think he's extremely smart and hardworking. I just don't see how he fixes the main problem on the Cardinals. All right, leave me with this. Why not just get the hotel for one extra day and then leave it like 10 o'clock tonight? <laughs> like, like, I mean, why not well, just pay I, one more day yeah. of, get, of the hotel room? Well, because I've been here since last Sunday at 9 a.m. So as much as I'm enjoying being in Phoenix, part of me just wants to get out of here as soon as possible and back uh, back home. So, all right, I'll go to the airport in a few hours, you know, maybe find a way to kill some time and uh, and be home uh, in time for Valentine's Day tomorrow. Look, we know your boss. It's not a surprise to us that he's being a little cheap when it comes to spending food. <laughs> yes, Rod did take us out to a few dinners this week. Yeah, so yeah, certainly, well, yeah uh, but then he told you to check well. out of the hotel and just wander around downtown <laughs> Phoenix like a homeless man. So Yeah, he, well, at least it's not raining anymore. He's, he's got to work on those management there. skills a little bit. Thank you, Elliot. We appreciate yeah. it.
No problem. Talk to you guys soon. All right. It's good. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks. Thanks for that glowing endorsement of what could be the next well, Cardinals. Uh, don't hire him. <laughs> sucks. When we come back on the Birds and Gimbo show. Oh, my that, God. That was interesting, wasn't good it? Good night, everybody. We know the big game was yesterday, but there was a lot of other news that caught headlines over the weekend. We'll catch you up on everything next on the Burns and Gambo Show.